Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Hashing Halos. And today we have a special guest with us. We got Nick from the Up North Halo podcast. And this is our first collab on the channel. So we're uh, we're really excited to, to share our opinions with Nick and another few, you know, another fellow Halo fan. So uh, Nick, go ahead and introduce yourself to uh, to the people. Hey, how's it going? I am Nick from the Up North Halo podcast. And I am from Canada, so being a long distance Angels fan made you know made me decide why not start a podcast. So here I am. Thank you guys for having me on. It's a real pleasure. So why don't we get right into it? I'm just uh, happy to be here. So yeah, well we're glad to have you, Nick. So uh, we're just gonna dive straight into the first topic of the day. It's gonna be the uh, recent Sports Illustrator article about uh, Artie Moreno. He did a little piece with them and. Uh, detailing about why he didn't sell some other stuff that went on with the uh, with the deals and whatnot. So uh, I don't know, Daniel. You want to lead us off with uh, that SI article? Yeah. So um, it's a very very in depth article. It's a pretty decently long read, twenty to thirty minutes. Um, very good. Uh, it's one of my favorite like articles that I've read about the Angels in a long time. It goes really in depth on Artie Moreno, his relationship with the team. Um, how the sale fell apart, um, some things about Shohei Otani. Uh, I would just go, I would recommend going and giving it a read. It came out around 10 days ago. Um, but I think we're each going to kind of talk about one thing that stood out to us the most. Um, for me, this is probably the thing that people have analyzed the most. And I think the thing that stood out to me is the fact is that Artie Moreno was once again pushing for the big signing this offseason. He goes up to Perry and he says that he wants to get Trey Turner on the Angels. But Perry says, no, we're going to use that money and we're going to divide it up a bunch of, among a bunch of different people. As you know, we ended up signing Tyler Anderson, Hunter Renfro, Brandon Drury, uh, trading for Gio Rochella, etc. Um, so I, I really appreciated knowing that. This is Perry's team because that's the one one of the main things we've been so frustrated with the Angels is how much Artie has got involved in the team and like overridden his what his general manager wants to do. And so at least we know, you know, whatever happens this year to a much further extent than in previous years, this is Perry Menagian's team and not as much. Artie Moreno, you know, getting his claws on everything. Exactly. And that's what we need from Artie is uh, he needs to lay back a little bit. Let his GM, you know, let him cook, like let him do what he needs to do. So uh, that's that's the right way we need to go with the with the franchise. Um, Nick, do you have any uh, thoughts on the essay article? Yeah. Um, and I did have a pretty in-depth thing on my channel where I talked about this on my podcast, but I think that the biggest takeaway from that part is the fact that there's just dialogue between ownership and Perry. The fact that they're actually communicating and Artie's actually listening to what Perry is saying is invaluable. The fact that he's listening and we're actually taking the team in the right direction. And that's totally fine with me. I love seeing what's been done off over the off season, and hope it continues. Oh, your thoughts? Uh, so, just to say, obviously, we're look, talking about the Sports Illustrated. There has been a more recent one that just came out a couple of days ago. Um, 
basically a lot of the same topics were were covered. But it was kind of interesting just to get a, I don't know, deep dive into what Artie's been thinking for the last, I think they said it's been three or four years since he's had an interview with press. Yeah. And I I don't even remember the last interview being as detailed as this one is. Maybe because obviously you had the, the, the potential sale and obviously all the talks since COVID's happened and then everything with Otani um, and then just the minor leagues in general. So, I mean, that was kind of the one part that was interesting. It's, it wasn't exactly like eye-opening well, when he talked about what we would do with Otani. It was just, oh, you know, we're, we're going to win. You know, we're going to do as best we can. You know, we're going to try and get him, but it's up to him. You know, kind of your basic stuff. But it was just kind of interesting to see the the all around questions they asked and how he kind somewhere answered you know diplomatically. But I I think he went into detail on a good chunk of them and actually told us how he felt or whatever the question was for. You know, just actually gave an answer rather than just some kind of diplomatic, just kind of push it off. You know, I don't really want to answer that question type of response. Not answering like a politician answering yeah. the question there there were definitely some he had that like you know with the otani stuff he definitely was you know because they, they never really talk about that kind of stuff about the contracts and if he wants to stay and all that stuff it's usually just oh it's up to him we'll have the conversation during the season this and that but a lot of stuff that had to do with the stadium and just why did he want to sell and why did he choose to stay and did he feel like he's done a good job? How could he have done better? Or, you know, you spent so close to luxury tax now. Are we going to go over? Just that kind of stuff was kind of surprising because he never really talks about anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think I, it was I just agree. really nice to like hear from him. Yeah, no, exactly. Like having already been like radio silence for the last three years has not really been helpful to the fan base. Like, you just don't know what's going on in the guy's head. Like, what's going on? Like, are we going to, what kind of changes are we going to make going forward? Like, we just have no yeah. insight. You know what I mean? So, and, and like Daniel said, it gives you the insight into to him. And, you know, there was such a strong, like, oh my God, Artie's leaving. Hallelujah. And then he comes back and you're like, wait, what? I feel like us seeing why he changed his mind, you know, it made me like him a little bit more, you know, of like, oh, okay, that makes sense, you know. And, and he's trying to show it now, you know, he's spending the money and letting, you know. Kind of. Per- I mean, yeah. I mean, well, he's up letting- to the luxury tax. Yeah, he, he's not going Mets here, but he's letting Perry do, do something. Where, you know, looking back at it, it's probably always been him pulling the strings. Or mostly. You remember that trade that was supposed to go down before the 2020 season uh obviously before covid happened where we're supposed to be like we're supposed to get like jock peterson yeah and um jock peterson and ross stripling and i was like dang that's like some really good depth and then he ended up pulling the trade last minute and that was just one of those things where it just felt uh it just felt like he was pulling the strings like our gm actually got a somewhat decent trade done in my opinion and then he just, you know, he yanked it off the table because he didn't like a few things about it. And, and so honestly, it is nice to know it's like Perry's team. Looking back at that trade that didn't go through, Luis Renjifo and Taylor Ward were both a part of that trade. So yeah, looking at yeah. this roster now, if we made that trade, 
we could potentially even be in a worse spot for making that. Like that's our starting shortstop and left fielder right now. That's pretty big. And Ross Stripling is, I think he was last in Toronto. I don't know where he is now, but yeah, like he's not here and he's not with the Dodgers and Jock Peterson's not with the Dodgers and he's off doing his own thing. I think with San Francisco, if I remember he signed that. I believe so. Yeah. Like, and those two players that we got, we kept are still mainstays in this team. And that's a big thing. So maybe that was a lot better of a move than we thought initially. And yeah, uh, I mean, that is, that is fair. I, I honestly think I was, it was kind of just anger because it would have been like a win now move. And it was just frustrating to see him cut off this win now move because no, none of us thought going into the 2020 season that Taylor Ward was going to yeah. really turn into anything. I think he had his MLB debut in like 2017. And at that point he'd just been an up and down guy. He was 25 and didn't really 25, 26 didn't really seem like he was going to go anywhere. And then I didn't, none of us really knew anything about Luis Renjifo at that point. I think he played like half a season for us or something like that. And he did all right. Um, but I, I think, I think the main point is like, it, it's just nice to see that like, he is taking a bit of a step back and letting management do their own thing um, for, for once. Yeah, that, and that's the big thing. And, I, and I'll give my, my brief thoughts on the article real quick. Um, like going back, I think it, it all comes down to, like Artie says in this article about he had seller's remorse. Like he literally said, when you got right down to it, he didn't want to go. He like, he, he literally says in my heart, I just couldn't go through with it. And it makes you think that maybe we, I don't want to say we give him a, like a break or cut him some slack, but if he's really willing to like lay off and let management, like Daniel said, do their thing, maybe going forward, we can have a better relationship with Artie and the team can run a little better because it's not just like, because with Artie, it's been these past like, eight seasons it's been an organizational failure stemming from the top to the bottom you look at the minor leagues they haven't been doing too great our farm system hasn't been too great i mean recently has been with perry you know getting those pitchers up and coming with reed and you know ben joyce and all that but i think at the end of the day well and once Artie lays off we're gonna have a better a better time going forward and let perry do his thing let let the general manager build this team yeah, go ahead, Paul. I was just gonna say, and then you have the scandals on top of it, which obviously right, we don't, exactly. We, we don't, don't know who and what and all that the stadium stuff, but... deal and and the Tyler Skagg situation with yeah. Eric K and the whole dealing drugs within the stadium within the clubhouse. You know, like like I said, like, like these past eight years have been just in, like a, an organizational failure. Like no Trout, no Otani in the playoffs. Like we're like the laughing stock of baseball. You have all these MVPs, you have all these like talented players, and you still can't break the postseason bullpen failures pitching failures that like it, it just goes on and on like it's like these last eight years have been pretty much a for a majority have been a failure yeah and, and, Artie and, Moreno, and the buck stops with Artie Moreno so trying you know washed up discounts oh he'll do good this season players and then... yeah these experiments right with these one-year deal pitchers it, like Matt Harvey like these guys like like uh, Tehran like these guys just never they never work out you're, they're damaged goods. You throw a one-year deal at them, like a reclam- like a reclamation project, hoping they'll work out, and they don't. 
And even if they work, you'll get like the Noah Syndergaard or the Michael Lorenzen who actually performed quite well and then they're just gone. So they're not even a part of your future. It's just a waste almost. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't help. You gave the attempt for the season and that was the end of it. It it didn't help you progress anything in a future. It's just, oh, one and done. They did all right. We cast them aside. We got a few more prospects. The end. Like, yep. I think I think the one thing I'll say that's slightly different about our quote unquote one year deals we have this year, like I believe this is Hunter Renfro's only year he's on contract. Like we traded for his arbitration year, I think. I mean, yeah, he only has one more year. I think so. Yeah. yeah, but I believe the difference in that is that he's a proven guy. Yeah, like last year you go back. Michael Lorenzen is a was a bullpen guy. Yep. Up until that point, Noah Syndergaard hadn't pitched in two years. And then yep. even, even worse, you go back to like the Matt Harvey deals and then it's, you know, it's just an absolute joke. It's just guys who are unproven. I, I, I do want to say like, I, I believe this year it does feel like a little bit. We just feel like we're, we're playing it a little bit smarter. And I don't know if that's Perry or even um, like your actual coach. Because uh, was it, I don't remember if it was a news article or if it was an interview or a book or whatever it was, came out towards the end of last year. We talked about it on here a couple times where we really got the insight into how we have been managed, you know, past couple years and how Madden just didn't listen. Like he was, I know baseball. And he didn't want to listen to any of these numbers guys, any of the, you know, your stereo, you know, your, your, your old coach, but modern stereotype of numbers matter. The analytics matter. You now know, let's these, walk a guy with the bases loaded to get the guys fired up. Yeah. Like, like just random shit like that. The weird bullpen mismanagement that you really didn't notice until now when you look back on it, like what the oh, hell I noticed did you do? that bullpen. We complained a lot about that bullpen well, management. No, I mean, do you mean the blowpen? Yeah, blowpen. But <laughs> but no, I mean like when you see it as looking back on it now of like what were you thinking? How do you think? Oh, this guy's you know dealing. Let me pull him now, and so I can use him tomorrow. Like just weird shit like that. And it's when you look at it, so it's like okay, you got Perry cooking. You have Artie's taking a step back. You got Nevin who's now in there, and. You know, he was in there for what, a couple months last season. He, he started to do his own way of managing and his own way of being the coach. And now we're going to have him for a full year. And we've had him for a whole off season of what he wants, what he's expecting of the players. A full spring training with him being the guy to lead the players. Because, I mean, come on, look what happened last season. We, he comes in, we have a, that's the best bullpen I've ever seen. I think the thing about him having a spring training is a lot more important than people are making at all because I don't think anybody's talking about that because he's actually getting to coach these guys in a time where he has the actual resources and the time to work with each individual player if he needs to and he can put his guys in and have them do what he wants them to do. He can actually coach instead of trying to play Jenga and keep the tower from falling down and yeah. completely collapsing underneath them in the middle of the season while you're losing 12 games in a row. Like you, how are you supposed to do your job under those kind of circumstances? 
without having the time to prepare like that. Yeah, and we have, you know, like you said, his coaches are in that. We have his, you know, pitching coach, his bench coach. You know, one of the only guys that stayed was was Weiss. Who did a good job last year, I think. Yeah. He deserved Oh, yeah, he did. As much as we, like, complained about him. nitpicked, but he, you know, comparing him against the, you know, you know, batting, you know. We had a bad the worst first year nine in like MLB history. We had a hitting coach last year. Yeah, did we? I, I don't know. I thought I it was know. maybe I, Matt Weiss was coaching hitting as well. He's just I thought like, it was. I don't know what his job was. I, I think it was one of us doing the coaching. I don't know. I was he there? I think it was coach. me. Honestly, I think I was in that dugout. I think I did a better job watching you. Mike, videos. swing at strikes. Just... <laughs> Stassi, you still standing there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you only get three of those strikes. Yeah, you only get three of those. Yeah, you only get three. <laughs> no, so I think it's a lot better to to have Nevin able to to mold his guys. And I know we kind of went a little bit off, but it's still all based off of kind of I don't know the line of thinking we got from the 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 multiple RD interviews that have just come out in the last couple of weeks. Um, I know Nick, you wanted to mention something about the um the Sam Blum article as well, right? Uh yeah, I did. And Sam Blum did have something where he was talking about the prospects and how they were in the system and stuff like that. And Artie even mentioned some stuff like just talk to Perry. Just talk to Perry. He was pretty much deferring the whole question to him. And he said, trust him, basically. Just and that in itself shows that he has confidence in what Perry is doing at least at the minor league level. And from what the article that came out about a week ago says, he has more confidence in the major league level too. So Harry's clearly been doing something right. And for him to even go on about that and to let him do his job properly without any interference is great news to see. So just a little, a little tiny bit more insight that I found out while I was looking up you know, stuff. So Perry was with um, Moreno. They were sitting next to each other when the interview was done. But the fact that he didn't didn't want to answer, no, not didn't want to, but didn't need to, that he basically said, you know, Perry can answer this. He's been down there. He's been the one building this minor league up from one of the worst in baseball. I, I mean, I'm not, I don't care that we don't really have that many guys in, you know, the top 100 prospects or whatever. But our minor league used to be a joke. And now you have people that are coming in and, you know, jumping from single A all the way to double A to triple A really quickly because they're just progressing so fast. And then we're seeing them up here and, you know, we're like, oh, my God, we actually have a future in the minors. We don't have to shop for everybody. We can trade some of these guys and get good players back or we can just watch them grow and see what happens. But wait, I thought the national narrative is that the Angels can't pitch. I yeah, no, we, remember. Why, why would remember. we trade for Hunter Renfro? The Angels can't pitch. We, we have no pitching. We definitely have no backups. We have nobody waiting. It's not like we have like 10 possible starters that could be there, you know, in total. I mean, you know, we have so many potential rookies. I mean, just going back a couple years ago. People, you know, at the end of the year when our season was cooked and the, the rookies were coming up, you're like, who the hell are these guys? And then you never saw them again. 
or it was like guys like like Matt Thice who came up and you're like, oh, I've been told for the last like six years that he's gonna cook one day, and he's still here. He's getting better. It's just taking time. But now we have guys that are progressing quickly, like really good prospects that are coming through yeah, the system. Yeah, like uh, Logan O'Hoppy, for example. Yep. Edgar Carroll behind him. Uh, yeah, exactly. Those two. Oh yeah, exactly. He's up. also right there. Mm-hmm. You have you have him. Obviously, he's coming. But then you have guys who you know if they can be healthy. You got like Canning and stuff like that. And, but then even have a couple relievers. You have Silseth. You have C Rod. Obviously, again, he's been working his way through. Um, you have Detmers. You know, he's proven yeah, himself. You but Sandoval, he's, yeah, you, you have Sandoval, man, who's like, also you, proven himself. You know, these are guys that we are. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like our starting rotation is nothing to sneeze at. We have a top, like I believe Fangraphs gave us a top ten rotation of baseball, like number nine. And and you look at it, you know, if you weren't an Angel fan, you might be like, I don't know who the hell some of these guys are. But you had a guy like Detmers who who struggled a little bit after you know an amazing start, and then turned it back around. Sandoval again, amazing, has turned it around. There's so much depth in the pitching. Yeah, exactly. and I think I think most of the people, like if you ask just the random fan, aside from Dodgers fans who obviously know Tyler Anderson, I think you could get maybe you everyone would know Otani. Maybe the occasional person would know Detmers because of the no hitter. But other, yeah, exactly. and maybe you'll get a couple people like after the Mexico USA game, you might yeah, get a couple of guys oh. who know Sandoval. But other than that, no one knows who Jose Suarez is. Suarez is like, yeah, no, yeah. Like if you asked a hundred people, maybe like I don't know, probably like. 85 to 90 of them would have absolutely no idea you yeah, might have yeah. to and depending on where you're asking the question but yeah it's just nobody knows who these guys are and we kind of want it that way if you don't know what's coming wait until it slaps you in the face yeah right we got a bunch of sleepers basically <laughs> yeah exactly our, our rotation literally like besides shohei like it doesn't really blow you away by just pure names alone right we don't have like the, the groms of the world we don't have like you know the garrett coles of the world it's a pretty low-key rotation but it's really good and you know that's that kind of what that's what separates us from the rest of the pack so exactly but anyways um i think we should uh, move on here to the world baseball classic um so I'll, we're gonna go straight into it uh the big news recently coming out of it is the edwin diaz injury and um and the ensuing controversy around it. So a lot of people have been like, okay, not a lot of people, but uh, people such as there's a, a, an online Mets fan named Frank the Tank. I don't know if you all heard of him. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> he, he basically, after the Edwin Diaz injury, he basically blew up saying that the WBC is a useless tournament. It, it's, it's worthless. It doesn't count this and that. And um, yeah, Edwin Diaz is going to be out for the rest of the season. So yeah, this is this is big. Like like people are thinking, are like other major league players, are they going to withdraw from the WBC? Like what does this mean for the 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 future of the tournament? And I don't think it's going to do anything. Here's the well, thing. Because here's the thing, right? People get injured in spring training games, but no one is saying let's stop spring training. It's the same thing applied here. You can get injured walking down your stairs. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like the thing is, like that's the thing. Injuries happen. It just really sucks Edwin Diaz's injury had to happen the way it did, him celebrating. Kind of harkens back to the Kentridge Morales thing back in 2010, where he celebrated and, and broke his leg. 
So that's still the most and, Angels injury of all time. Yeah, it really. Well, if it yeah, wasn't the Angels, it would happen. That was to the so Nets. much pain with that. I remember yeah. watching that on TV, and just just sad. Um, but I mean, I saw people talking about the whole injury thing, and basically saying I I don't remember the players' names, but they were calling back to I believe it was 2006 or nine or both, where there were some high profile players that got injured, and the same thing. People were like, oh well, no one's gonna do it. Everyone's done. It only happens. It happens like the Olympics, okay? It's like it's not an every year thing, right? It's nine, thirteen, twenty-seven. Supposed to be twenty-one, and then COVID, so twenty-three, and then the next one isn't supposed to be till twenty-six. So this isn't an every year thing. There's such gaps between this, and like you said, people get hurt in spring training. People get hurt in the off season. Exactly. There's... Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux wasn't playing in the World Baseball Classic. Nope. Yeah. Nope. And. He's gone, and and yeah, it's high profile. D, you know, Diaz whole season, it, very Lux, very high profile injury. Yeah, <laughs> I think Lux is also the whole season, but that's obviously less high profile. Yeah, he tore player. ACL, so I would imagine. And then that's, uh, that's going to be a long injury. That's like sixteen yeah. months, I think. And, oh, and then yeah. um, and then Altuve, obviously, a couple months with the the finger. Yeah, um, yeah, two months, six to eight weeks or something. Six but but weeks, yeah. literally, all of those injuries. Could happen in a spring training in game. A spring. Now, now maybe exactly. you're not going to be celebrating as much in a spring training game, but then you're just getting into semantics, and who really cares? But but you could like, you could have hurt yourself celebrating at your friend's birthday party. Yeah, or like you know, so he, he could have jumped down the stairs, being like, "Oh, I got this," and then done it. You know, it, you can hurt yourself. Right they're they're not going to stop. Too. I mean, he, yeah, he's like, just yeah. mad. He's just yeah. mad because he's Frank the Tank, and he's the world's biggest Mets fan, and he's on Barstool, and yeah, exactly. you know. It's going to suck for them. Oh, yeah, but that doesn't mean their season's over. Yeah. A closer does not have that big of an impact. No. I honestly think this is, might be a hot take. I think the closer role is kind of like starting to become more outdated, if you think Agreed. about it. I feel like the closer role doesn't really matter as much as it does anymore. It's more like, do you have a well-rounded you know, rounded bullpen that everybody can contribute rather than you have like the one flamethrower in the ninth inning that can just carry your team? Like, Yeah. Exactly. Because it doesn't matter if the fucking guy in the seventh inning blows the lead for you, like, like you need, you need a, like a, a well-rounded bullpen. You need like your setup guy to be good. Your, your long receivers yep. to be good, et cetera, et cetera. So I, cause, cause I, I believe you, Daniel, you said the other day that, um, the closer role, what three war at best. And that's I like, believe that, that Edwin closers. Diaz and Emmanuel Classe were worth around three war last year. Yeah, and, and these guys are elite. They're elite. Be, they're and elite like, don't get me wrong. Edwin Diaz, this injury is going to hurt. He's elite, but he's yeah. three war at most. Yeah, this is the, this is, the Mets season is still fine. This hasn't tanked them or anything like that. Like, I'll be yeah. worried. Honestly. They they have to worry more about their starters being healthy. Yeah, worry about than... your worry about your rotation. Like, worry about that. Worry about and, other things. Like you're gonna be fine. The bullpen might suffer a little, but this is by no means are the Mets gonna go like Frank the Tank. So like, oh my, the Mets are gonna lose a hundred games this season. Yeah, and no. Edwin Diaz going down does not mean the Mets have lost a hundred games automatically. That's just absurd. That's not how this works. And okay. and are players in three years really gonna be like? Ah, oh, remember when Edwin Diaz got hurt? No. The the players in the World Baseball Classic in 2026 aren't gonna be. That, that's going to be such a forgotten memory. Th- th- what that's going to do, the only thing that's going to do is every single World Baseball Classic team is going to tell their players, don't you dare fucking celebrate like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
You stand there, you be happy, and, you know, we'll do something later. Don't do that. Drink champagne in the clubhouse. Don't do that. Yeah. yeah just drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even then, like, oh, you, you might choke on your champagne. Like, I, like literally, like, there's, like, anything can happen, guys. It's life. You can get injured by doing, like, Chapman. Okay, Aroles Chapman last season literally had to go on the IL because his tattoo got infected. Yeah. Like, like guys, like, like it's life. It's going to happen. Injuries happen. Like. It's just that's how the game is, okay? Like literally, people, break their legs when they jump on the home on home plate after hitting a walk off grand slam. You know, yeah, things yeah, happen. Things happen, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one tier, just one tier. One tier. <laughs> anyways, anyways, uh, I think that's enough Edwin Diaz talk. Um, yeah. Um. Actually, wait. Did Nick or, do, or Nick? Do you have anything to add about the Edwin Diaz? Talk? Yeah, Edwin Diaz. I'm. It's of course shitty that happened. Of course, I hope he gets better soon and wish him a speedy recovery and all that but you're just celebrating and you had a big win be sensible don't don't be an idiot just yeah like exactly you, right. you gotta be smart you gotta think ahead and one of the things that i wanted to talk about was the comparison between the world baseball classic and the world cup i'm a big soccer okay, or, yep. sorry football fan because that's how it's pronounced sorry um but that oh, turn, <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. I just want to start pull, go, go the heartstrings a little bit and kind of exactly, throw a few right. fireballs back. But exactly, anyway, there we go. There you go. So that a lot of players, like I believe it was Neymar, before he got into the World Cup, he hurt his leg and he left the field in tears before the World Cup because he was so looking forward to this tournament. And baseball doesn't have that kind of impact, at least not yet. I think that's more on baseball as a sport in general to cover that and make it bigger than what it currently is. But you want, you, there is no Italian player that is at an elite level that is saying, no, nah, I don't want to play for the national team. And part of that is because of the World Cup and how big it is. But it's also timed a lot better. Like during the season this year, for the actual, like, the Premier League, the La Ligas, the Serias, they went on pause for the whole time that the World Cup was on. And I think if baseball did something similar, like, soccer doesn't have, football, does not have a any all-star break or anything like that. They just go from right. October to May, boom, done. Mm-hmm. But they have That's international breaks, and they have Champions League breaks, and they just do that. So if you time it out better... I think if you took maybe, I don't know, 10 to 15 games out of the regular season, because let's be honest, the baseball season is way too long if you're ending the World Series in November. Like, you could hypothetically have a Colorado versus Minnesota World Series, and it could be snowing. Like, you could have that. Very true. I never thought of it that way, honestly. But <laughs> if you ended the season in, like, I don't know, Labor Day, and the season ends in, like, the off season starts in the end of October, that's, like, the perfect time to end it. And then you can either wait until just before spring training or just after the World Series, which I think is probably a better time to do it. But you can have... I agree with you on that. You can have sure. the World Baseball Classic during the off season to give the players more of a choice to be like, hey, I can just stay ready until spring training. I don't have to ramp back up. I can ju- just keep going if I want to. Because someone like Pete Alonso is just go, 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 go. He, I guarantee you he would be the first one to sign up for that. Like He is just all out all the time. He's just such an animal. But you can work this so much better than what you have right now. 
And that is my TED talk. I thank you guys for having me on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's just what I wanted to talk about. But yeah. That's yeah. All I got. No, that's I I I I wholeheartedly I agree with all those points. I feel like um, when it comes to there's I mean players such as like uh, Yaya Marmolina and like you know Acuna and all those guys they they consider the World Baseball Classic to be more like worth more than the world series itself because they consider the national team into a higher regard than their own club in the major leagues like and that kind of like ties into the whole world cup analogy where these players are national players first rather than club club players first you know so i i mean and that's the thing right like the guy garrett cole for example like the, the guys who declined the u.s invitation to play for their country they don't they don't have that same that same worldview that same that viewpoint you know what i mean so you gotta think i I was talking about this with one of our friends and just think about how many u.s players pitchers specifically because you know we've made it through but it hasn't really been too easy our pitching is definitely missing some big names that should be there but didn't 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 want to do it and it definitely hits a little different when you're like you know it's it's like just japan and mexico and you know all these countries that have most of their best players yep i saw most of the big names yeah i saw a fascinating stat that said the top 10 pitchers in war for each country that has some in the WBC, like Japan had like seven, Venezuela had like six. There's zero on the American team out of the top 10 in pitching yeah. war. Like that's absurd to me. And back to what I was saying about when you time the World Baseball Classic, Eric Cole was talking about injury risk, well, and having the, you know, time off and whatnot. But that also makes it harder for him to say something like that. So it's more of an incentive for him to actually go. Because you got to think, Best pitchers, Wainwright. That's so like, sad. Like, like he is a, he Adam is, Wainwright. Like yeah. Adam Merrill Wayne, Kelly. You know, like, Adam Adam Wainwright's a legend, but he's ancient. He is, but he's. I mean, yeah, he's old. <laughs> he's a, Thank God he's done he's, well. He's, but he's, he's old. Pumping in like he's pumping like eighty six, eighty eight. You know what I mean? Like, and like I'd love to see that we have even you know some angels had to get brought in. You had Loop who had like he came in. To the classic late mm-hmm. uh, for an injury, right? Angels did not disappoint. Let me tell you, the angels no, did not Angels did well. Their no, we, of the World we, Baseball Classic. No, we've had great. All we've only the only person uh, I can't even think of his name. Right now. Uh, there's one. Well, Renhifo hasn't played much, but there's someone who just really hasn't done much. Oh, it was Urshela. Um, it was Urshela. Urshela. Yeah. 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 Oh well. Oh well. Oh, oh, oh you know, back up third baseman uh, didn't do much in the world baseball. Yeah, like, one for fifteen. Like I, I know Nevin was saying how he wished Renhifo had played more. Whatever, you know, Renhifo wasn't the star on the team. You know, he's like, I get it, but you know, he's got the stuff. He should have been in it. You know, he we should have seen him more. Oh well, whatever. But everybody did well. Our pitching did, you know, really well. Obviously, he had the. I don't know. What you want to call it? It wasn't that bad, but um. Kihara uh, yesterday. Um, yeah, he had a tough he had, 
he had a great, you know, a couple great outs, but you know, everyone has a bad outing, but he had had a great outing the day before the, oh, the was, last game that was, before yeah. that. That was the one where he uh, had like two buttons up and then he, yeah, his chest. that was insane. That was so much fun to watch. That iconic moment. Oh, yeah, that was insane. Being told by Aaron Hurtman, you got to button up. Okay, buttoning up. Pitching's just not in there. Going, screw it. Ripping, you know, taking the buttons out and just pitching and just dealing. I think it would have been a lot. With the knowledge knowledge that we won, watching him, like, in the, like, past tense, striking out Kyle Tucker is pretty fun to watch. It is. It is, yeah. I think it would have been time, funny if he didn't have like an undershirt and he was just rocking the bare chest. <laughs> that would have been yeah, that would be great. That'd be hard. <laughs> yeah, that, that would, oh, yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty sick. But yeah, all you know, we had a you know, there's other teams that had more players in the World Baseball Classic, but a lot of Angels did very well. Yeah, I agree. It does give you a little bit of optimism going into the season, seeing that these guys are already does. in mid-season form for. As uh, what did you say his name was? The Mets fan. What, what was his name? As he, uh, Frank oh, Frank the, Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. Yeah, the meaningless yeah. tournament. Yeah. Okay. Tell that to Trey Turner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah tell that to the fans. <laughs> hey, tell that to the fans, man. Like everyone's showing out. So. And it's even nice to see. Uh, excuse me. It's even nice to see most of our guys, and not most, but a lot of the guys are gone. We've been doing spring training with rookies. You know, this is our AAA lineup. With a couple good players, you know, that that didn't go to their respective countries. And we're still doing pretty decent. Yeah, and that's something else that I figured we should probably touch on is, like, the lineups that the Angels have been running out over the last week and a bit, that's the kind of lineup that we were running out in June last year, in July. But yeah, this is really a competitive that. lineup, considering, like, this is a realistic scenario that Otani gets hurt and Trout gets hurt, and then you're like, oh, shit, what do we do? Right. And then now you actually have this, but you can actually sustain stuff now. And it actually looks like a halfway competitive lineup, even without Trout and Otani and them in it. Like that's actually still a relatively competitive lineup. And obviously it is spring training. So you're not going against everybody's best players. And obviously so many people are gone, but still it's like, okay, okay. It's not bad. Like obviously today we lost, but it was nine, six and Davidson had a little rough outing, but there was hitting. How many times have we got blown out and we've had one run? None. Not this year. Or, right. yeah. Yeah. Actually, or how many times? One that we were like 8-2 yeah. or something like that, but that's one game. Yeah. Like, go back to last season. How many times did we lose one nothing? Too many. Or how many times did we get blown out and just there was no offense. Offense took a nap. 8-1. Yeah, they, they didn't even show up. Eastern he's a home. solo home run out of the three spot in the lineup. Otani homers and Angels loss, you know. <laughs> Or yeah, six, exactly. six two. Or we could hit seven or eight home runs, seven eight solo home runs in a game, and still lose. And lose the game yeah. to the ace. That was yeah. insane. I watched. That We've seen like, it all. We've hell? actually seen it all. I'm starting a big. Actually, this yeah. Year. Yeah. I'm gonna put the most weird yeah. shit. Yeah. See if I can find it, and I'm like, hmm. A triple I'm play a, from center uh, field to first base, back to center field, and we'll tick that one mm-hmm. off by two. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting a drinking game at this point. <laughs> Is it called just watching? The yeah, so, be a bit, you'd have some, you'd have some liver issues, buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I think the World Baseball Classic is good. You know, it gives everybody's going to be starting the season playing something, and the World Baseball Classic is obviously a little more important than spring training. 
So exactly. Yep. 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 Uh, okay. Put something we... in here about the Dominican Republic tweet. Yeah. Jumbo yeah. Media said, "I'll go over that super fast. It's not super important." But Jumbo Media basically made a tweet saying, "Like, is the Dominican Republic the most disappointing baseball team ever?" Um, I kind of think I think that's pretty stupid because first of all, uh, they played against they had Puerto Rico and um, Venezuela in their pool. And even though maybe they were a slightly better roster than those two, those two are still very competitive rosters. Yeah. Um, But basically, the Dominican Republic ended up going two and two. And I found it interesting because actually each of the last five World Series winners, except for the 2022 Astros, started two or two and two or worse. So it shows that. You know, the 2021 Braves started 0-4, 2020 Dodgers started 2-2, 2019 Nationals started 1-3, 2018 Red Sox started 2-2. Like, it's four games. It's baseball. It's a very luck-based... On on the surface level, we do play, like, a very luck-based game. It's a game of inches. A ball misses a glove by two inches. The result flips. So you can't be, you know, extremely disappointed that a team got eliminated because they ended up going 2-2. And... I think people try and you look at their their roster of the Dominican Republic team. And you're like, oh my god, like that that that's stacked. You have so many hitters and all this stuff, so many infields, so many outfielders that are big names, pitchers that are big names. But just because you throw a bunch of guys together that have big names doesn't doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exactly. like can you can you perform behind that? You know what I mean? Like can you work as a unit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, like. Again, like you replay those games against Venezuela, you never know what happens. You replay the games against Puerto Rico, you never know what happens. It's very small sample size. That's yeah. the thing, right? Like baseball is a 162-game sport, right? Like season. So when you come to the tourna- uh, tournament play, it's different. It's, you know, best of ones, you know, so on and so forth. So anything can happen. Anybody can beat anybody. So See, if you – there was a thing that I was thinking about just a moment ago is if you made – one of two things you could do. You could either make like a what hockey did for one, uh, I think it was the World Cup of Hockey they had. It's not the Olympics, but it's its own individual thing by the IIHF. And they had this tournament where it was North America, Europe, and they had like six or seven teams. And just a, they just went at it best on best. And it was really fun. I think that was back in like 2018 or something like that. I remember watching it and it was super sick that had some of the best unis i've ever seen but if you did either something like that like where you could combine colombia cuba dominican and then you could combine canada mexico and us like something like that and then you could throw asia together then you could do that and you could make it this one big quarterfinals and you can do like a five game series or a seven game series with those teams or you could just get more as many teams as you can. I know even you could have like Great Britain, who, let's be honest, didn't really do much and didn't look that great. But you could have a bigger tournament or a more condensed, bigger tournament. So just just say, because yeah, I get what you're saying. This World Baseball Classic had more teams than any of the others. The others were all 16. This one was 20. And then, yeah, you have all the randoms. You have the the Great Britons, the Israels, that kind of stuff where you're like, okay, I didn't know you guys really cared about baseball. Um, Team Italy. But it's more of, yeah, Italy. 
but it's also the way that these guys get into being a part of those teams. Most of them aren't from Italy or from Israel or from Great Britain or, you know, whatever. They're either family. So, like, I, I they were interviewing someone from Great Britain. He's like, oh, I, I'm from New York or something. I'm, you know, American, my whole heritage. But my wife is British, so I can get in because she's British. Or, you yeah. know, my family immigrated from there. Or uh, we used to be a part of the British Commonwealth or stuff like that. So, like, yeah. They, yep. they definitely gave more teams this year the opportunity to get players and be in there. And I think that allows more people to to find out about it. Because you're like, oh, my, my country's got a, yeah, a like, team in this? Um, yeah, like, for example, Paul, like, uh, if you look at the Netherlands, right? A lot of those players aren't from directly the Netherlands. Like, those dudes aren't straight up repping Dutch, right? You're not, they're not from Amsterdam, you know, and all that. Like, uh, Xander Bogart's. Big, you know, he was like he's one of the poster boys for for the Netherlands. He's from Aruba, but Aruba yeah. is part of uh, the kingdom of the Netherlands. You know, that's the so it's kind of like an umbrella thing. You know what I mean? Like I know, like I believe uh, Harry Ford plays for the Great Britain. Yeah, and uh, his parents are English, but he grew up in America. Yeah, so and it's kind of like it's like ind- like you're they're indirectly. Their grandfather like, didn't. But Harry Ford is not making the yeah, top yeah. nine U.S. lineup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great, yeah, like Nick said, uh, their grandfather didn't exactly. And so. just to just to, I'm not going over every single you know all 16 teams that were in the World mm-hmm. Baseball Classic, but in 2013, 2017, the final championship teams, you know, first, second, third, and fourth, have been basically the same. U.S. wasn't in 2013. It was Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Japan, Netherlands. 2017 was the U.S., Puerto Rico, Japan, the Netherlands. This year, obviously, now we have four more teams. It's completely different. But, you know, a lot of these countries, you know, it's it's definitely it's going to be easier for some of them because they're, they're the, you know, baseball farms. Everybody, you know, they're, they're getting, they have bigger baseball followings than others. But I feel like if you keep having like the World Baseball Classic and, and MLB keeps putting games in other countries, you know, just an exhibition game there, a mid-season game in Australia, that kind of stuff that they used to do, you'll get more players and then you'll have a bigger World Baseball Classic and you'll have more of a following and, you know, you can keep churning people out and getting more people interested in baseball through this. So I definitely think they should keep expanding it, get more countries even if you're doing it like the, oh, my relative, you know, my mom was from that country. My dad was from that country. I'm married to someone from that country. Okay, great. All this means is more exposure for baseball. Mm-hmm. And even in like football, like you'll see, like, if you look at the French national team, you'll see like how many people are actually from Africa that play for the French team. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the like French colonies. Like, right, like, like Mbappe, for exactly. example, right? He's a big one. Yeah. Like, you'll see so the former like, French colonies. Yeah. yeah. Kind of kind of a little bit cheating the system, but I mean, hey, still, it's still works. how it is, right? Yeah. Like, well, because like, for example, if uh, let's just say I wasn't born on U.S. soil, but my father was American, I could play for the U.S. team. Yeah, I mean, so you have to make everybody. It has to work for everybody, right? So, and and there's ways. It's not just a U.S. thing. Yeah, there's there's multiple ways for you to get into it. Yeah, exactly. Like Marcus Stroman pitched for us, or pitched for the U.S. in 2017. Now he pitched for Puerto Rico, I believe. Yeah, this year. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, Just who who you want to represent? I think that's cool. 
Yeah, I like that. As long as you have some connection to the country, but right. yeah, that, yeah, exactly. I, I'm not going to be hardcore. Like you have to be born on like French soil or U.S. soil or uh, you yeah. know Dominican soil. Like as long as you have some connection to the nation you're representing, yeah. I think that's that's totally fine. You know, some kind of close familial relation. Perfect. My cousins, yeah. best friends, and <laughs> half brothers. Cousin <laughs> is uh, Puerto Rican, so I'm going to play for Puerto Rico next year. <laughs> yeah, I go Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, that's totally going to happen. But yeah, I, vi- I visited Puerto Rico once, so I just really, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now I, I went on vacation there five years ago. Played out on the map. <laughs> it was cool. There you go. I'm playing for them. Yeah. Um, I did want to bring something up, I- though. Um, like while we're talking about like the heritage kind of part of it, is Freddie Freeman, who played for my country, Canada, and. His mm-hmm. mother play or didn't play, but she was Canadian, and so was his dad, and and his mom died a while ago. So he plays for mm-hmm. Canada because of his mom, and I I yeah. haven't had a chance to talk about that, and I wanted to say how awesome I think that is that he's doing that, and he's representing that's the country. so cool. So I just figured I would throw that out there because I love Freddie Freeman, and I'm sad that he got hurt. I didn't see what he got. Yeah. I think he should be okay for opening day. Uh, yeah, just, it's yeah. nothing major. Yeah, if it was major, I think I would have heard about it and seen that. Exactly. But. Yeah, it'd be bigger. Oh yeah, especially on the Dodgers. Like yeah, especially being on the Dodgers. Yeah, exactly. But like Freddie Freeman makes me. That's one thing. Like I'm the top two in the Dodgers lineup. I they're like two of my favorite players in the MLB. But yeah. I hate the Dodgers. Yeah, like Mookie <laughs> Betts and Freddie Freeman. Like uh, they're like. The, the two Dodgers I can pretty much tolerate. Like I like I love those dudes. Like there, there's literally only three people for me. So those two and Kershaw. That's the only yeah. people I can tolerate. Yeah, you know, I've always I mean I've always said like it's weird because like the Dodgers I like their players, not the fan base. It's just like everything. Just not the fan base. Yeah, everything else around the Dodgers is just not so good. The stadium sucks. Been there multiple times. Not great. Uh, the fan don't, base less than savory. Don't like don't like getting yelled at. You know. Yeah. yeah um, yeah, I tried going to an Angel Dodger game in Dodger Stadium, representing the Angels. Not great, not great, <laughs> not, great, not, great not great. I'd imagine the traffic down the five is pretty shit too. That too. Oh, that's yes. very shit. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that just starts the joy. You start the joy with. Yeah, the you're you're already pissed off in traffic. So, <laughs> and, and then once you get in, it's just, it's all just you're getting yelled at. There's someone throwing shit. You know, so, oh, someone's yeah, we, trying to start a fight. And you're just like, oh, this is fun. Multiple people try to start fight. We went to a uh, one of the two games in LA last year. And we had a bunch of them try to start a fight against us. And you're just like, I, I love this. Why? I, I want to come back every year. You know, yeah, next, next, won next the time game like, too. Yeah, exactly. Why are you trying to fight us? Yeah, like guys, please. Like next time I'm fighting. Like I don't care. Like, 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 me. like I don't we, know. we had people get up into while well, we were going down the escalator at the end of the game. We lost. People get up into our face and be like, "Your team sucks." It's like, cool. We know what you, you want a cookie. Like, yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. They just dog on the angels. Like, we get, it. and they're like, "Oh, you guys aren't really LA." Yada. I'm like, I never claimed we are. We don't want to be. <laughs> I, I agree. That was Artie's idea, not mine. <laughs> yeah, like you guys. Oh, st- like you guys are from Anaheim. You're not LA. I'm like, like yeah, I'm, I know. That's I. I agree. I'm sorry. I, I came up with the idea. I'm sorry. It's it on me, guys. It was you up know, to me. If it was up to me, we still be called either the Anaheim Angels or the California Angels. That that I think that you know, you know, I think I was like twelve when the the name change happened or whatever. Yeah, I'm like, sorry. Okay, which one? It was me. So, which one? We've gone through like eight in the last like twelve well, years. I, when we ditched the Angels part, I mean the Anaheim yeah. part. When we ditched <laughs> the Angels part. <laughs> <laughs> when we ditched the Anaheim part, I, that was I don't know what fifteen years ago, ten years ago. It's been a while. Whatever that was. I'm sorry, I wasn't making the decisions. If I was, uh, you know, I feel like 
I already owes me a couple checks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we used. Well, yeah. Anyways, I would go back to the California Angels. That's 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 my preference. I think I think it just sounds cooler. It just rolls off the tongue better. So. Um, anyway, do we should probably get back on track because I know yeah, we're yeah. kind of expanding on time. Do you want to like just super quick highlight of the U.S. the last two U.S. games, and then we'll go into our playoff predictions? I was yeah. just going to say, from my perspective at least, Venezuela game that was scary. That was scary, but Trey Turner came up huge. A uh, Trey huge Turner came up huge. Um, rooting for and against Quijada was funny. Um, yep. Yep, and then the Cuba game. Uh, Cuba game was a was a breeze. Not gonna lie, turned it on. Uh, I, I turned inning. it off. I turned it off. Watched the Laker game. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I thought the game started at seven p.m. Pacific, so I turned it on around the third inning. I saw it was, I think it was six to nothing at that point. Mm-hmm. And then went. Oh, okay. And then you know went back to watching a movie. <laughs> you know? The one they they scored one. They scored one early. Oh no! Yeah, they scored one in the fifth. Or no, because no, their first, the first, their first yeah. three guys got on from infield singles. Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. that. That was that annoyed the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was six. It was six to one. But by the time I came in, because yeah, they scored in the first. Um, and I went okay, cool, and turned it off and just kept checking. You know, in between watching the movie, and I was like, oh, we're good. It's like nine to two now. I don't really care. Yep, that was a fun game. <laughs> that was a fun game. Easy, easy game. Um. Nick, yeah. any any quick thoughts on the uh, last two U.S. games? Uh, not too too much. I just wanted to say that that Trey Turner home run that was absolutely massive, and that little statement he made at the end, like that was bigger than anything he's done in his career, just goes to show how important the tournament yeah. really is. When the players who play in it are saying, "Hey, this means something," don't get rid of it. Basically, like that was awesome, and I think that can only be good things. And and hey, maybe you can use something like that as marketing for 2026 to get more people in oh can you imagine the hype to get more video? players can you imagine the hype video from quijada to trey turner to mike trout to all the other things that have gone on oh that's gonna be so cool when that comes out and and, and just to turn it to the angels really quickly and just follow it up in the last couple of games you know trout today you know didn't do that much right and he still has an insane ops obp average and then he played Canada, he, and then he just tore it up, which it, it hurt to watch Trout go off. Again. <laughs> like I was just, I was like laughing but crying at the same time. Like, yay! It's six nine. Well, that, that's what it felt like watching us against uh, against Mexico and Patrick yeah. Sandoval is just yeah. destroying your lineup. I was like, yeah, go Sandoval, one tier. Go Sandoval, two <laughs> Like the meme with the um, crying behind the smile mask, like that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. like. And then just going on to just Angels and World Baseball Classic, really quickly news. Uh, Aaron Loop finished the game today. Nothing happened. He's still rocking a zero ERA in the World Baseball Classic. Great. Nice, nice. Glad to see he he knows how, you know, he, he's comfortable in his pitching uh, to close out such a, I mean, it was a blowout, but to still close it out. No hits, no runs, no nothing. Um, and then go on to the other big Angels World Baseball Classic news is what? Tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, Sandoval's starting against Otani's Japan. Obviously, Otani isn't starting the game, but he has said if, if they're winning, he's going to come in as a reliever. Ooh, that's going to so, be fun. Either way, an angel is going on to the... Well, multiple angels are going on. Guys, if 
if if Japan beats Mexico tomorrow, which I believe I think- they most likely will, but it's nothing certain. Um, like there's a possibility that it's a super close game and we get to see Shohei versus Trout, which would just be that that would be absolutely would insane. Gonna, that's the matchup that every Angels fan wants to see. For? I like who if you had to pick, like it, say it's the ninth inning and Otani's closing it out as a tie game and Trout's the last batter, who do you want to win that? I'm kind of curious. I wanted to, uh, he should bean Trout, just hit him, just a light, like 50 mile an hour off the ass, just a little, just chuck it at him, just give him a little, you know. Send him a message. Uh, I mean, I'd root for Trout because he's for the U.S., but like, I would also, you know, if, if Shohei Otani strikes out Mike Trout to win the World Baseball Classic for Japan, like, that would just be, that would still be a super awesome moment for him as a person. And I want to see him succeed because I like him as a guy. So see the one thing I want to see out of tomorrow's game, I want to see however long they leave Sandoval in. I want to see it be a very close game. I don't, you know, I don't want to see Sandoval get lit up by Japan. I just want it to be close, you know, zero, zero. Perfect. The second Sandoval comes out, they can do whatever the hell they want to, to team Mexico. They can, Japan can score 10 runs. I just want to see Sandoval do well. After that, go nuts. If Sandoval pitches up, you know, a perfect game, so be it. But I just want to see Sandoval do well, no matter how long he's in. And then Otani can destroy them later. (laughs) At Otani versus Although Sandoval, yeah, Sandoval pitching at Otani is going to be hilarious. Just like watching Otani and Fletch. That was funny. (laughs) And, and Fletcher getting that single in the most Fletcher fashion possible. In the most, I saw that bloop single. I, I was watching a lot of the Italy games because I am part Italian, so I was kind of having a secret rooting for them behind the scenes as well. But watching that team, they were actually a, like even before like Sal Frelick and a couple of other guys, Vinny Pasquantino and the Fletcher brothers. Like that team actually had some quality and. I, I enjoyed watching their run. That was pretty fun. Yeah. That was good. And th- there's literally nothing. You, you said it perfectly. That was the most Fletcher hit that he could ever hit. <laughs> Just the bloop little single that nobody can get That's even to. with the shift, too. Like, nice. Nice job, Fletcher. <laughs> yeah, gotta love that. Um, do we have any predictions for who's going to actually win the World baseball classic now like now that it's the i guess final three but do you think whoever wins the uh mexico japan game wins at all or do you guys have any takes about that Uh, i think japan has the best pitching staff and i just i kind of think i think our lineup is better the us's lineup but i i think in a long game with otani possibly coming out of the bullpen in a final i would i would edge give japan the edge to be honest and, you know, Team Mexico has done so well, but I think Japan has the better overall. I, I don't think it's going to be it. If, if it's some any kind of a blowout, I'll be surprised. I can't, Close game, you know, I, I'm leaning to tomorrow for Mexico versus Japan. That's, that's just, I just can't see either side having a blowout. Both sides have, well, one has better pitching than the other. I think Japan's got better pitching, but... It, it, they both seem like really good teams. So anything outside of a close game, I would be shocked. I'd be like, oh, shit. And then same thing with the finals, whether it be Mexico and, J- and or Japan versus the U.S. 
if it's a blowout, I'll be shocked. Mm-hmm. And it'd be more fun if they were close games. I mean, terrifying too, but way more fun. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, sure. I do agree that Japan's going to win. But there is one guy who I was just scrolling on Instagram and I saw this cool video about this one guy from Japan, Manutaka Murakami. This dude is an absolute stud. He bats two spots behind Otani. Last year in for the team he actually plays for, he had 56 home runs, breaking the record for most for a Japanese player and that stood since 1964. Won the Triple Crown, repeated as a unanimous MVP this year. He didn't unanimously win it the year prior, but had a 10-war season, batted 318, 458 OBP. Like, just an absolute stellar season. Like, he's probably going to be coming over to America in, like, 2025, and he'll only be 25 coming out of that. So just a name to look out for in the future. And I think Fangraphs had him as, like, if he were in the in a major league system, he'd be like number five on the top 100. Just something cool to note that I saw regarding Japan. But yeah. It's absolutely elite. He's not a bad <laughs> swinger of the bat. He, he does pretty good. No, no, that's pretty good. Um, anyway, I believe we should probably move on to our playoff predictions. We should rattle through these relatively quickly because we're, we're pushing on time yeah. a bit. Um, we're going to start with the National League. I'm just going to rattle them out real quick. I'll start. Um, and we can all just give our predictions and then like have a quick discussion afterwards. Okay. All right. <clears throat> National League uh, playoff predictions. I'm going to go with the NL West. I'm going to go with the San Diego Padres. They have a stacked lineup, a stacked pitching staff. Um, and I was looking through their lineup and a lot of their players in their lineup actually do have a decent amount of playoff experience. Um, and I just think they are... Very talented. It will be a very close race, don't get me wrong, for the NL West, but I think the Padres are going to come through. The NL Central winner, I think, is going to be the Cardinals again. This is more of just a lack of talent in the NL Central, in my opinion, than anything else. Uh, The Brewers lost a couple pieces, um, Hunter Renfro, and and I just don't think the Cubs are there yet. NL East, uh, I'm going to have the Braves win it again. And as much as we talked about Edwin Diaz not ending the Mets' season i do think that them not having diaz as i do think they're kind of a neck and neck team with the braves is going to hurt them just a little bit so i'll give the edge to the braves and uh, obviously the phillies aren't going to have bryce harper for a good portion of the season as well nl wild card one i'll give it to the dodgers i think they finish just behind the padres and i don't think they'll win over 100 games this year because they do have a lack of lineup depth that they seem to normally have uh, especially losing like gavin lux um their their lineup just doesn't seem quite as deep as it does in previous years obviously their pitching is still extremely dangerous nl wildcard two i'll give it to the mets uh yeah they lost edwin diaz but they signed you know a millions and millions of dollars worth of other players during the offseason so i'm not too worried about them and then nl wildcard three i'll give it to the phillies uh i just think that having harper hurt and him missing half the season is a big enough deal to push them down to the NL wildcard three, but I think they're they're still going to win the uh, so, still going to make the playoffs. I, I just want so you don't even think the Dodgers are in the playoffs this season? No, I said they're the NL. I said they're the wild card one. Oh, you did, oh, I sorry, I got confused there. I thought you were just yeah. Talking. No, I think they're going to win like mid nineties games, just not over a hundred like normal. Um, I guess I can go. I'll rattle off mine really quick. Um, you started with AL, right? No, NL. No. You start with NL? Okay. I'm just doing the NL ones. That's it. 
for now. Yeah, yeah, we're just doing the NL first, and then we're gonna do AL. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I feel like I'm gonna be pretty similar to you. Me too. Um, my West is the exact same. I, I'm thinking Padres, and I think <laughs> Dodgers are the wild card. Um, would I be surprised if Giants made it competitive? No. Do I think they're gonna make it? I don't think so. Um, for the Central, I'm still fifty fifty. I want to say the Cubs are a sleeper, and I'm just going to stick with that. I feel like they could be, but Reds, Brewers, Pirates, I don't think are there in that conversation at all. Um, Cardinals, I definitely think would make it competitive. I just, I don't know. I got a weird feeling about the Cubs this season. Are you going to, are you, is your official prediction that the Chicago Cubs are going to win the National League Central? Yeah. I, 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 I'm just putting, that's a hot take. I'm putting that down there. I think they got to, I thought they were doing something weird, you know, with all the random kind of players that they started acquiring. I feel like they could be a sleeper. The Central's a weird group, and obviously we have the whole new, everybody's playing everybody this season. Um, so we'll see. Would I be surprised if the Cardinals won again? No. I'm just putting a hot take out there and, and going to say the Cubs are going to turn it around. East, literally the same prediction. Uh, Braves winning, and I think the Mets are going to be in the playoffs. I mean, in the, in the wild card spot. Okay. So, um, yeah. Also, that that Cubs pick, like you have them winning the division while losing Contreras, who went to the Cardinals. Well, that's yeah. very bold. And I honestly, I could see it happening. I, like if Pete Crow Armstrong or something like that is really that close to the majors or something like that, and he just goes out and balls out. They do have some prospects that are pretty close that are I'm pretty excited to see. And one of my buddies is a Cubs fan, I, so I'm sure he'd be happy to hear that as well. <laughs> I just kind of uh, feel like Danby as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I just kind of feel like the Cardinals had a really, really lucky stretch, and then you, know, you had pool host that really turned it around as well. Obviously, they have didn't. a lucky stretch every damn season. The year yeah. before, they won seventeen games in a row out of nowhere. Yeah, it's yeah. the Redbird Devil magic. I can't yeah. pick against them. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. If they make it, I'm not going to be surprised that my pick is a failure. I just feel like the Cubs are rebuilding, and I feel like. They're going to be good this season. I feel like they have the players to be good, especially in the Central, where you have so much garbage. Um, but yeah, would I be surprised if the, the Cardinals actually won? No, because like you said, they always are lucky. But yeah, I, I'm just throwing that. That's that's my hot take pick out of everything. That's my hot take is I think the Cubs are going to win. That's yeah, funny. They have a red bird, a golden bat, and a silver spoon up, you know, where the sun don't shine. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I also have very similar picks for my uh, division and wild card, as I'm sure. I was actually surprised that neither one of you had the Dodgers winning, which is kind of a surprise, but not also not at the same time. But I've got the Braves winning at 108 and 54. I was, you know, nerd enough to put records, but I, I also have... <laughs> the Cardinals as well. And in the NL West, I have the Padres at 104 and I have the Cardinals at like 95. So I don't, I don't even think they're going to have that great of a season. I just think that the rest of the division is just so bad that they're just going to win by like five games and just sneak in. But I also have the, the yep. Mets are my wild card one. I think they're going to be 103 and 59. I don't think that Diaz loss is going to impact them that much. I think that pitching staff and the bats are just going to, what they're going to do and they're just going to sustain that because if anyone's going to survive something like that it's a steve cohen match because they're just gonna be like oh who's the best guy i can trade for okay cool i'm gonna take him now and i'll give him 80 million dollars to play for two seasons 
right? He'll just do something like that. And then I have the Dodgers as the wild card two at 102 and 60, and the Phillies at 98 and 64. I think there's like I have the NL as being really top heavy, and I think that's probably part of the fact that because they're going to play a lot of the bad AL teams as well, because the Central's really bad. There's a couple really bad teams in the East. And to be honest, you can probably beat up uh, like the Rangers and the A's as well. And the NL's a lot more competitive, so they'll play them a lot less. But the Mets winning the division, I'll believe it when I see it. And the Padres, I think, are going to have an absolutely massive year. I think this is finally their time. They've got enough playoff experience, as you mentioned earlier. And I think that this is the year that they actually make that jump. I agree with you when you said the Braves are going to win 108 games. I think they are. I mean, I don't know about 108, but I think they're. I think they're the National League one seed. I think they're just absolutely yeah, that's insane. That's my hot take. I think they're going to win um, the NL by a mile, and they're just going to lock it down. And the the two of us have the same six teams because I kind of agree with you. I was just looking at it. I'm like, obviously, like I do think the Cubs or the Giants they have like an outside chance because anything's possible. It's baseball, but I do think these six teams are kind of just better than the other nine in the national like who's league. gonna other than them who's gonna win the division is the giants gonna make a run no are the diamondbacks gonna make a run no are the reds pirates or anything like that gonna happen no are the marlins finally gonna make a massive leap probably not the nationals are gonna be the worst team in baseball so no like there's there's absolutely no parity this is an extremely top heavy division or not division but I guess league. There you go. That's yeah, it. the AL, the AL is much has much better parity than the NL. Oh yeah, what much more uh, consistency? Wait, Manny, did you want to give yours real quick? Yeah. So out of the East, I have uh, the Braves popping off the division. I think they're just like everybody else said, they're too good. I have them being at least uh, I'm going to say 102 wins minimum. Uh, give me the Brewers in the Central. I think they're just ahead of the Ooh, okay. Yeah, give me the. Yeah, give me the. They Brewers. have the pitching. They have the pitching staff. Yeah, I've so anything's the, possible when you have that kind of pitching. Exactly, pitching can win you ball games. Like you don't. That's my philosophy. So I, I have the Brewers coming out of the Central, and then give me the Padres out of the West. I think the Padres are just a step above the Dodgers right now. Um, I think they've really turned a tide in that rivalry. So give me the Padres. I think they're going to win at least. I don't know if they're going to win a hundred games, but. It might take a hundred to win that in, to win the West. So give me uh, give me the Padres at ninety nine or a hundred wins, and yeah. So that's uh, that's my end on oh, and the wild cards. Uh, yeah, uh, give me hmm. give me the Dodgers wild card one. Give me let's see. I'm totally blanking. Uh, give me his Mets. Oh, you haven't put the oh, Cardinals yeah, in the playoffs. Are they yeah, missing? I, yeah, give me the Cardinals wild card two. Actually, no, give me the Mets wild card two. Give me the uh, Cardinals wild card three. No, no Phillies. Phillies. Damn, that's that's good. That's a bold take there. It is a bold take, yeah, but that, I could see it someone, happening. Someone, you know, like of the teams to leave out. World Series to leave out. The Phillies are probably the one that you leave out. I think we could all agree on that. Well, the thing is, the Phillies are so volatile. Yeah. I feel like the Phillies, like be, like, Phillies have Angel Syndrome. Yeah, Phillies have the Angel Syndrome, where the like they're expected to do good, but they just will. The Phillies could also win the division. Like I, I think the Phillies have a huge range of outcomes. I could see them winning a hundred games. I could see them winning eighty-five, eighty-two. Yeah, eighty-two might be a bit low, but eighty-five. Yeah, exactly. Um, do we want? Do we want right. to do 
everything else and like do the division and then do our angels and then do the wild card or what do we want to do here or do you want to do the angels um, separately? so i was i was thinking yeah so i'm gonna do the american league predictions i'll give the takes and then i'm going to give a specific record we'll all give an angels oh, record okay. at the I end i can leave my record out for that one and then just kind of say it when i think it yeah, is. yeah. okay all right, so my AL West winner, I, much as I hate to say it, I believe it's going to be the Houston Astros because they're just really good. They have an insanely good lineup. They did just lose one of their best players for a couple months, so that is definitely going to hurt them. Um, their rotation depth is not quite as good as it's been in past years, and I think it's going to be more of a dogfight this year. Um, but just because they have the experience, uh, they have more experience uh than the mariners and the angels in these like um you know playoff battles or like you know down the stretch and all that i'm gonna give the edge to them but i do think it's gonna be closer than in past years al central i'm gonna stick with the guardians um i just think they have a young lineup a very good rotation i i do think the twins are probably a little bit better this year some of their young guys got a little bit more experience, but I, I just think the Guardians, they looked really good down the stretch last year, and their lineup is really young, and so it just feels like they're due for um, even more positive things. My AL East winner, this one's probably going to be a little bit controversial, I'd say. I'm going to go with the Rays, actually. Here's why. The Rays were probably, I think I heard a stat saying they were one of the most injured teams of all time last year. Like, Every single, almost every single important player for them spent time on the IL and they still made the playoffs. They still won 86 games despite having probably, despite having the worst injury luck in the league. And I guess I just trust the Rays to get it done. And I also think the American League is going to have a little bit more parity. So I, I think 98 wins could win the division. I could see the Rays getting there as maybe as insane as that sounds. AL wildcard one, I'm going to say the Yankees. I think they'll maybe lose to the Rays by like a game or two. It's going to be really close, uh, a dogfight. But I think the, the Yankees take a few, a couple steps back. They'll win like mid-90s or something like that. AL wildcard two, I'm going to give it to the Mariners. They had uh, 92 wins last year, even after a pretty abysmal start. They do have a very good rotation. And they added Colton Wong and Teoscar Hernandez as well. So... The Mariners, as much as I dislike saying this, I think they're going to do pretty well. But right behind them, guys, as the American League wildcard three, coming from the pessimist, I have your Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim as the third American League wildcard. No complaints? So, for, for me, I think the AL is harder to choose stuff. I, I think the, AL, the NL was pretty easy. Obviously, my Cubs hot take, but... I think NL is a lot more set in stone, or AL is a lot harder. So, so I'm going to start. I think the, the easiest, at least, to call the division winner for me is going to be the West and the Central. That's going to be Houston for the West. They lost a, a couple guys, but they've also gained. They have Altuve out. That's only for a couple months. Uh, they don't really have a farm team. So if they do start getting injured, maybe that's where they start going the reverse. I don't think they're winning 106 games. I still think they'll be first in the division. Same thing with uh, the Central. We we do clown on the Central for being bad. But really, 
that's just Detroit and Kansas City. Cleveland will be good. I think they're taking the division. I, I don't know what the White Sox in Minnesota will do, because obviously White Sox were exactly 500. Minnesota was just under by a little bit. I feel like they'll be better. I don't think they're going to be better enough to compete with Cleveland. Obviously, now everybody's going to get to experience playing everybody in the NL rather than just one specific group. I don't know if that really changes much. Uh, the White Sox did have a, a, a negative run differential. So maybe you could see Minnesota being in second this year. I don't know for that one. I don't think either of them, though, are going to be a wild card team. And then East, I, I don't think Tampa. I did see that, though, where they said that they were one of the most injured teams of all time. I just don't think... I think Tampa will be there. I do have Tampa as a wild card, which I'll get to next. But I, I still think it's going to be the Yankees leading the division. Um, I feel like 99 games, which was what they... Last year, I, I feel like that's a bit pushing it. But I definitely think it'll still be Yankees. Uh, as your East division winner. Now for wild card, I'm going to go... Nobody from the Central, I think, is going to be in the wild card. And I think for the East, I think you're going to have Toronto as the number one spot. And now this is where it gets... Where I get confused and I don't know what's going on. It's because the AL West is going to be one of the... is going to be way more competitive than it's been in the past. Because whether we like it or not, Texas did rebuild. Now, I think everybody on Texas is injury-prone, as as can be. And I, I think it's going to be a three-way brawl for second and third place in, in the AL West. And I think it's going to be a brawl to get in with all of us for the wild card. If Texas get injured, okay, then that doesn't matter. They're going to fall off. But I still think Seattle will be good, even with you know a couple losses and the acquisitions they've got. I still think Seattle's going to be up there. If we're healthy, we're going to be in this mix. So I want to say pessimistic that second and third spot is going to be from the AL West. And I'm going to say same as, I'm going to say Seattle's at number two, and I'm going to say we're at number three. So you're think, just, you I said no, that's no raise then. Yeah. That would cut the raise up. Yeah, because Tampa won 86 games last year to make it in. Can't play more than that, and sure. then Seattle this year. And, and I do think they could be better and, and do better than that, being healthy. I, I just feel like either one of the AL West teams is going to miss and it's going to be an upset when they miss, either us or Seattle. I don't think Texas has it this year. But... And that's why this one's hard for me, because I feel like AL East and AL West are going to be such a fight between Houston, Seattle, and the Angels, and then the Yankees, the Blue Jays. The AL's and the a mess. The yeah. AL's a mess. The, the only one I think is concrete is the Central. I don't think anybody there is going to make it into the wild card, and I think Cleveland's going to win. That's the only one I'm like... I, I think it's dangerous that. saying that's... I think it's dangerous saying that's concrete, though. I could see the Twins, like, coming out of nowhere and doing something, too. I don't know. Like, the American <laughs> League is just that all over the yeah. place. I could see one of the AL Central teams upsetting Cleveland. I could see that. I just can't see them having more than one person in their division make it into the playoffs. Someone's winning. I'm just putting my money on Cleveland. Could that be an upset? Yeah. I just don't think you're going to have any of the, the wildcard spots be from the Central. And I just think 
first, second, third from the West and first, second, third from the East are just going to be disgusting. Because we, we could have it where you have the AL East and the AL West have everybody at 500 except two teams. You, you, or you know, even with the, the little bit that Boston did, maybe even they did enough to get 500. Um, obviously, Oakland will probably be competing with the Nationals for worst team in baseball. So, yeah, I got no no complaints about that. That's not bad. Oh. Uh, Manny, do you still? Yeah. So let me go ahead and give you my my AL picks. Um, uh, for the West, I got the Astros, of course, um, winning it. As much as it hurts to say, um, they're just a step ahead. There's really not much to say. They're just better in all facets of the game. So, Astros winning the West, and then give me the uh, Guardians in the Central. I think they're slightly better than the White Sox. I don't think the White Sox are um, that far behind, but I do have the Guardians taking the, the Central. And then give me the Yankees in the East. I think the Yankees are just better than the Red Sox, better than the I'm not not like substantially better than the Rays, but they are better. Um, Blue Jays, I think, are going to regress this season. I don't really think they're going to do as well. And um, yeah, no, I think I, th- I got the I got the uh, Yankees coming out of the East. So for Wild Card One, give me the give me the Rays Wild Card One. Give me the let's see, give me the Mariners Wild Card Two. Give me the Angels Wild Card Three. Yeah. Optimus here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I have a surprisingly different rotation of teams here for mine, actually. Very curious yeah, to hear this. I, I think a little bit of my bias is going to show with my AL East pick, which is um, <laughs> I got the Blue Jays winning at 99 games. I think both mm-hmm. them, I think oh, both, okay. I think everybody right. in the AL East regresses. I don't think the Orioles did enough. I think the Red Sox are still bad. I think yeah. the Rays, despite their injuries, are still going to be, I don't want to say mid because they're the Rays and they could go off and win 95 games and I look like an idiot. But I don't think they're that good still. And the Yankees, I think Rodon is still hurt. And I think all that team did was re-sign Aaron Judge and get Rodon. And they didn't really do anything. So they're just going to – everyone's just a year older – I don't think, depending on what happens with like Anthony Volpe or something like that, if he just comes out and balls out or something like that, then yeah, they could probably steal the division. But yeah, that's and the Blue Jays they did regress a little bit. I think the Dalton Vorso trade was kind of dumb, to be honest. I think they probably should have kept Moreno, but that's I think you should have traded Kirk if you were going to trade anybody. But that's. My, that's my opinion exactly. because Kirk is a more high risk player and he wasn't a full time player. And if anyone's going to need to exclusively DH, it would have been him. You could rock Gabriel Moreno behind the dish and then have Danny Jansen DH or vice versa because both of them can do it quite capably. And in the AL Central, big shock here. I've got the Guardians at 94 and 68. <laughs> Ooh, huge hot take. And in the AL West, I have the Oakland at. No, I'm just kidding. I have the I have I have the Houston <laughs> Astros at 105 and 57. I, I think they are going to take a slight. I still think they're. It's the Astros. They're just going to. They're just going to do what they're going to do. I still think they're going to ball out. And the wild card, I've got Yankees at 97 and 65. 
And I won't say the record for this team, but I think the Angels get into the wild card too. I think they do. I don't know why. I'm, I'm typically okay, a like pessimist. That. And for some reason, when I was writing this down, I felt really optimistic. So I, this could be just one of those things over the last like half an hour to an hour as I was writing this. I felt happier than I usually do. So I've got them in the wild card too. And this is the real big surprise. I've got the Twins at 88. I've got the okay. 88 and 74 Twins. I yeah. think that division is being slightly slept on. I like the trade that they made with the uh, Marlins earlier. Sending a bat for an arm that they needed. And I think they're going to just sneak in. I think the Mariners missing the playoffs is a reality check that they are dying for. I think that team needs a slap in the face to say, you aren't that good yet. You don't get to walk this way yet. You need to earn your stripes a little bit. I think, they're, I think they went from 0 to 100 a little too quickly. And I think they're due yeah. for something to come their way and just throw them right off the rails. And they're just going to be like, how do we deal with this? What the hell? I thought we were good now. And then boom, your season's over. And they did stay pretty healthy last year. So I would imagine, I don't want to wish this upon anybody, but I feel like there's going to be something, something's going to happen to one of their bats and that lineup can fall apart really quickly. I think I liked the Teoscar Hernandez signing. That was a good one. Colton Wong was a good one, but you got Julio Rodriguez and not much else. Eugenio Suarez. Like, that's not that's not that yeah. threatening to me. I think, and the Angels won the season series against the Mariners. Don't forget that we played very yeah. good, and we won the exactly. fight too. That Anthony Rendon <laughs> cast slap was a historic moment for this team. But yeah, I think, and I also think that the Orioles did absolutely nothing, so they're still a year away. I think they really. I they agree with you really on that. A lot of people are that. hot on the Orioles. A lot of people, I was honestly kind of surprised that none of you picked them to sneak in, but that Orioles team, why would you do that? You had so much potential. You have good prospects coming up, and the guy who's probably going to win Rookie of the Year, let's be honest, he's probably going to win it. But you had that sitting there, and you're like, we can supplement this. We can make this competitive this division really isn't on lock like the Astros are. You can go out and just take it. And you can at least make yourself into the top third of the league really quickly if you do the right thing. And management and ownership just went, nah, we're good. And just didn't sign anybody. So I think that was one of the worst off seasons of the whole league was the Orioles. I think they really screwed up by not doing stuff. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Um, so do we want to get into Angel's final record? Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going to say my final record. Uh, I had them as the wild card three, so I'm going to give them the same record that the wild card three last year had. I'm going to say they're 86 and 76. Um, yeah. I did want to add, we'll sh- uh, say one little thing on that. The team that I noticeably had absent, uh, that Nick, you're very high on, the Toronto Blue Jays. I have them at 85 wins. And I just think we're closer to them than people might think. I went through the Fangraphs projections. The Fangraphs actually has the starting nine for the Angels. He, they have the starting nine for the Angels having a, a, an average of a 784 OPS this year. The Toronto Blue Jays, they have them at a 778 OPS. 
So it's obviously very close. It's basically negligible, but it just shows that we're in the same ballpark. And I think it can get to a coin flip. And then you go to the fan graphs, um, starting pitching, uh, projections. They have the angels projected at ninth in the majors and they have the blue Jays projected as 11th in the majors and, uh, relief pitching. I believe there's like a two war difference where two or worse in relief pitching. Um, but we also have like Ben Joyce who they have like projected for zero war. So, I think we could catch them in that too. And that's just showing how close I believe we are to, you know, taking down these other teams that most of the media thinks were like steps behind. See, I watch a lot of Blue Jays games being in Canada. So I see a lot of what goes on in Toronto. And I really do think of a team comparison, other than the luck of the Mets, I think the Blue Jays is a very good comp for them. We have. Good pitching, but the bats are really what leads this team typically. At least the Blue Jays, like they just supplement each other so well. Like over that mid 2010s run, that team just hit everybody and got enough pitching to just do what they needed. And everyone did their job on the mound. And then that was it. But then the bats really came alive when it really mattered. So even if the regular season for the Angels, like you see Trout and Otani go off and then the rest of the guys are batting like. I don't know, 280 when a couple guys have 20, 25 home runs and whatnot. But then when the playoffs come on, they just turn it up to 11. I think that's exactly what this Angels team is capable of. I think they're going to be pretty good for the regular season this year. Of course, I have them a little higher than you guys do even, which I'm also surprised by. But I still think that there's another gear for this team. And we've seen it with Trout. He really turned it up for especially in that game against Canada. I hate to bring it up, but, and also that game against uh, Venezuela, he went like three for three, but he just came up in the clutch. And for all the people who said, oh, Trout doesn't, might not play good in the playoffs. He's going to be one of those regular season guys, blah, 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 blah. Watch out. Wait for it. Um, Paul, do you want to give your win-loss record? Yeah, so I mean, honestly, the only uh, it's going to be the exact same. I, I think, um, I, I think we match what got Tampa in. I think we're eighty six, seventy six, and that's only because uh, we we've been hurt too many times. <laughs> yeah, I can't go higher than eighty six because I've been hurt too many times. I won't I, do. I it. just I can't do it. I can't do it again. So I'm going to be impressed if we when we hit that. I'm going to be impressed when we're over five hundred. And I'm going to be impressed when we sneak into the wild card. That's all. That's it. There's nothing more to it. We, we, could, we could have the best record in baseball, and, and then I'll cry. But, you know, making it into the playoffs would make me cry. So <laughs> even sneaking into the wild card. <laughs> if we had one win and we snuck into the wild card the last second, I'd cry. So whatever it may be, I will. I'll take it. <laughs> if we miss the wild card. And it's just by a hair. And we still are above 500. Even that'll impress me. I'll be sad, but I'll be like, we have turned it around. That's something better, at least. Yeah. It's not a losing season. That'll be a hallelujah moment. And then we can, then I can cry for five seconds about missing the, the playoffs, if, if that happens. But I think we're going to sneak in. Okay. Um, I guess I'll give my, my, my record as well. Uh, I have the Halos coming in at 88 and 74. So two wins better than Daniel. Um, 
I think the Angels will do will do uh, just fine, and we'll sneak into that third wild card spot at 88, 88 and seventy four. So yeah, yeah. I initially when I wrote this down, I went for the ceiling of what I think this team is the most that they're going to win, and I had that at ninety three and sixty nine. But I feel like they're probably going to end up like right around that eighty eight. I think probably 89 I'll put down as my prediction for the wins. So 89 and 73, I think that's how math works. I think that's tracked. Yeah, okay. Yes. okay. Yeah, that is Good. correct. But yeah, I'll, I'll put that down as my official prediction. Yeah. Awesome. And I think that's everything. Yeah. It seems like it, yeah. Um, we have a... Uh... We have a uh, we have the week segment we <clears> usually <throat> do. Um, Daniel, should we go along with it, or do you think we? Well, need... sure, I don't. I don't really think we need to, to be honest. Yeah, this this week, tweet of the week. Well, it's canceled. Uh, <laughs> if that's your favorite segment. I'm sorry. I did get uh, one, but I'm also time. not super active on Twitter. I just kind of picked a random Jared Kim tweet. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> I don't know if we actually have the same one. Actually, yeah, exactly. we might. But yeah, regardless. No, yeah, no worries, man. Um, I think we'll, I think we'll wrap it up here. I think, uh, I think that pretty much calls it here. So, uh, I'd like to thank uh, Nick for collabing with us. Thank you, Nick, for reaching out to us. By the way, it was, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you, today. thank you. Um, uh, it's always nice hearing perspectives from from other Angels fans. So, uh, this has been eye opening and. Um, from all of us at Hashing Halos, we thank you. We thank you guys for listening as well to this this recent episode. So, we'll catch. Yeah, do you, you want to give us give everyone yeah, your do you uh, give on us our a, side your podcast and social media? Yeah, give us your your social. Yeah, man. Um, it's just up north Halo. Um, there is two H's between North and Halo. Just I know someone might make that mistake, but on Instagram and Twitter, it's the same handle. It's just my podcast logo, so it's pretty easy to find. I'm not super active on Twitter. Um, maybe if I get some more following, I might actually start using it, but I need to be better about that. But I'm usually just on Instagram. I typically just post stories whenever I post my podcast. I'm probably going to try and do something similar to what you guys do and actually post like news and stuff like that, so it's not just that. So I need to actually start doing that. But that's where you'll find me. And... Thank you guys for having me on. You guys are all welcome on my, my episodes whenever I post at any time. Just let me know whenever you want to. Open invite. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and just to let you guys, the listeners, know that this episode of Fashion Healers will also be on uh, Nick's channel as well on his platform. So uh, we'll, it's open for both platforms. So if you want to listen here, listen here. If you want to listen on Nick or Hell listen to both on both platforms give us both uh, a listen so uh once again thank you guys for listening thank you to nick and uh we will catch you guys on the flip side season starting soon so we'll see you then